Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? What's up? Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show, back with another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, this week for episode 388, brought to you by BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Engines, Michelin Starcross 5s, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering, all on board with the Pulp MX Show. You can find all your, your deals at PulpMXShow.com for discount codes and of course this week wusa providing the best quality wheels in the business whether you race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior w has wheels for you w can even restore your old wheels visit wusa.com and let john and kristen anderson take care of you wusa brings us the whiskey throttle radio host kurt lucas what's up kurt how's it going dark side it's going good. For anybody that starts yelling and screaming or wondering what the hell I'm talking about, Kurt had the original Whiskey Throttle podcast. He's been doing this thing for a couple of years. Um, so if you actually listen to the other Whiskey Throttle and heard them talk about the other Whiskey Throttle, they're talking about Kurt's show. So, uh, And also brought to you by Guts Racing. Andy Gregg and Guts Racing are providing seats for many of the best riders in the world. So if you're looking for a seat, hit up GutsRacing.com today. Guts Racing brings you Mr. Josh Anderson. What's up, Josh? Hi, how's it going? It's going good, man. I'm glad to have you guys on. Uh, before we get into this thing too much, Kurt Lucas, how long have you been listening to Pulp MX? Um, well, I've been listening, so definitely the review pods uh, for a long time, probably five or six years now, um, and then religiously the Pulp MX show for about three years every Monday. Um, I mean, I listened to it on and off before that, but about three years ago, it became part of my weekly uh, tradition, as, as you will. Right on. Uh, how about you, Josh? Uh, I actually am I'm in the same bout as him. I actually started listening to the review pods, and then I heard about Pulp MX show, Pulp MX show and then I'm, so I decided to listen to it, and it's part of my weekly schedule. I listen to it every Tuesday, and I go in usually chunks, but uh, yeah. I enjoy every second of it. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad that uh, you guys have reached out and uh going to do this with me. So I want to just start right at the opening of the show. Of course, Michael Lindsay was in studio. Michael, a very technical and knowledgeable guy. Lots of information. A lot of stuff went over my head. Uh, we'll talk about the, the suspension stuff towards the end of the show. But um, I want to talk about the intro. Every week, just about when Steve introduces Mark's, he does the the barking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm over it, dude. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't think Marks likes it. Uh, what do you think, Josh? You, do you think it's you think it's still funny or um, stuff like that? Maybe uh, run its course. I'm fine with it. I mean, it's a little inside joke. I mean, he likes to entertain, and that's that's his way of entertainment. I guess you can do it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about you, uh, Kurt? It's definitely not as bad as uh, Jacob Hayes' gloves. 
that's the rant, of course. But uh, I, I kind of took a break there for a little bit. I was like almost waiting for it. So now that it's back, I feel I'm all cool with it. I think I think Mark Supers does like it. Um, you think he does? But, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool. I don't think he did last week. Maybe that's what it was, but uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I'll have to ask Travis what he really thinks about that. Uh, just you know, not an important thing, but I just when he did it when he, the last couple of weeks, I was like, oh god, here we go again. Um, all right. So early in the show, they start talking about some uh, silly season stuff, and it came up again later. But they talk about Jordan Smith going to uh, Pro Circuit, McElrath going to Star. And there was just a little bit of a discussion of Troy Lee designs, just everyone leaving. Um, I've heard some of these rumors also, Kurt. Um, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about when he breaks rumors, stories like that? Typically, he's pretty, pretty with it. He usually has a good info. Um, I think that's part of why we like this show. What do you think about that? Them talking about that, Kurt? Well, yeah, like you said, typically when Steve um, does break the silly season rumors or rumors of a rider going to a new team, he's, I feel like he's, we have to have marks from the numbers, but I feel like he's pretty accurate on that. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I feel like he's not just going to go out there and say it. And the fact that Mike, you know, Michael Lindsay kind of backed him up, and I feel like, in Michael's, you know, standpoint, you know, trying to make a career in, in the motor media as well. Like he's not going to just go out there and say things. So, yeah. Um, I, I know, like, I feel like it was, uh, I feel like it's probably going to happen. Um, definitely caught me off guard. I, I knew the Jordan Smith rumors kind of going around for a while, but then with Macarath and all the other stuff going on, but, uh, I feel like if, if they're talking about it, something's rumbling. Maybe it may or may not happen, but, uh, it's probably definitely something in the works. Right. And Josh, do, is are the um, inside scoops like that, the little uh, the rumors that Steve gives, is that something that you like about the show more, as much as the interviews? I enjoy, especially because, honestly, you wouldn't know either way because, I mean, I love Racer X and everything, but sometimes they're a little delayed on getting stuff. And you don't know what the rumors really are because people don't tend to share stuff with random people. So it's always wonderful to get the information we need. And, you know, it's the KCM thing, you think that you think the bike would be better, especially after having all the 450 success. It's just weird to me that yep. the 250 team just doesn't do well. And I'll say I, I do like having Michael on the show because he's in the know. And when he's in the know, I think he's actually probably the, one of the best co-hosts on Pulpamex. And he honestly backs up Steve every time Steve comes up with something. And then he even brought up the Shane McElrath Philly season stuff today. Or, I mean, sorry, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael's very knowledgeable for sure. Um, still in the in, in the opening part of the show, they, they also – a comment that Steve made, um, and I was a little su- kind of surprised by this, a little, kind of made me think about it. But, um, he said that all our questions should be answered by the WW Ranch Round in Florida here in a few weeks. Like whether at that point we should know whether Kenny's going to be um, basically back to a hundred percent. I don't know, man. I feel like it may take a little longer if he's really having some significant health issues. Josh, what do you think? I think for Kenny, we'll find out when the heat, because uh, you know Jason Thomas brings this up a bunch. Uh, you know the heat's really going to test them. I think we know where everybody else is at at this point because Cooper Webb. I really hate when like Steve brings up the Dungey reference because Dungey only struggled one round. Mm-hmm. Webb's been struggling now. This is the third round, and honestly, it's more for 
everyone else. I mean, Jason Anderson last year did very well before he got hurt in the outdoors. So we know where everyone's at. It's going to come down to Tomac or Rock. So. Okay. Cool. Um, and Kurt, uh, Michael Lindsay, he mentioned that he thinks that Kenny's going to continue to struggle. Um, you think Kenny's, do you think Michael's right? Uh, it's so up in the air, but, um, if there are going to be, I think we will get our answer in these next two rounds. Um, I was at high point last year and it was very hot and I'm from Florida and it is brutally humid Yep, beyond belief. And I was at the MotoGP they had there and it was stupid hot. So if Kenny is having any sort of health issues or, you know, with fatigue, it's going to happen in these next two rounds. Um, for sure in Florida. So I think if, if he's good there, then I think he might be good, you know, the rest of the season out. It's just, um, I don't know. You said Mike Lindsay said he continued to struggle, but he's been crushing it these last three. So it's it's just really, it's so up in the air, it's hard to tell. Yeah, know? I should say not continue. I think I misquoted. It was, he, he's going to lean towards him struggling once it gets hot, I think is really what I meant to say. Um and yeah, are you going to be at that Florida round, Kurt? I will. Yeah, All right. Well, cool. I'll see you there. I'm, uh, that's, we're definitely we're making the trip out there. Um, yeah, I, I hope he does not continue to struggle, and, and I hope Steve's wrong. Uh, and Steve and Michael, that you know, I or Steve, Steve just said we're going to kind of figure out what what's actually where Kenny's going to be once it gets hot. Michael thinks he's going to struggle. I hope he does not struggle. I hope we have a good battle between him and Eli. And I'd love to see Zach get up in there, but. Um, all right, they, they turned discussion to um, the fact that Marvin signed this KTM deal. Uh, and Steve alluded to the fact that he's heard that Marvin's been frustrated with not being the number one guy, quote-unquote. Um, but he doesn't think that that Marvin's had any issues like with Roger holding stuff back and only giving some certain you know attention to Cooper. He doesn't believe that to be the case. Um, I don't know that. I haven't talked to Marvin, so this is just a, a my feelings, and I just I, I find it hard that an adult like that in, in a professional sport would have an issue at his level would have an issue not being the number one guy. You know, he has a great deal, great team. I, I don't think there's anything better out there. Um, Josh, you agree or disagree? Uh, I think he's probably going to be more frustrated the way Supercross went coming yeah. in injured. And then, um, you know, he had the points down to 14. He had the penalty, which knocked it down, should have knocked it down to seven. But he continued to struggle. And then all of a sudden, your teammates winning. I think it's more of that. I don't necessarily believe it's the number one guy, I feel. And Kurt, um, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree too. Uh, I think Marvin's the kind of guy, uh, like I think Steve alludes to, he's super nice. Um, but I think he does get very frustrated with when he, when he does ride poorly, um, especially. Was it was it Houston Darkside that he kept crashing in those three? Yeah, I mean in the triple crown. Yeah, I think yeah. he just I think he's more so frustrated with himself, not so much Cooper Webb um, being the one guy. I think even Steve kind of mentioned that too, where it's like Marvin's just super nice and he's 29 years old, and that, <laughs> I think he doesn't care too much about Webb being the number one guy, and, and obviously you like take them favoring Webb. So I don't think that's happening either, but right. um, so I kind of agree with Steve's standpoint on that. Cool. Well, then, um, shortly after that, Randy Richardson's calls in. Randy's always great. Um, makes everybody laugh. But we're going to move on to the first guest tonight, Filthy Phil. Man, one of my absolute favorite guests because he takes no shit from Steve. He busts Steve's balls. Um, for some reason, his and most people, negativity would be annoying. But with Phil, it's fantastic. Uh-huh. 
What do you guys think? Uh, I'm start with you, Kurt, about Phil and Amart's relationship. Um, they almost seem like they should be enemies. And I think Steve pushes some of those buttons. He likes to get in there and, and get some content out of those guys and get them going. Um, what are your thoughts on that? So it's really funny. I was actually listening to that interview when I was driving home. Uh, I live in Huntersville, right next to the John shop, and I saw I saw Martin, uh, Alex Martin, you know, running around the loop right by our house, and Phil was nowhere to be seen. But uh, I think, as far as like um, like that friendship relationship they have, I think they're just so polar opposites. I think Amart's a super positive guy, um, and they and then obviously Phil's got the he like tries to act negative and stuff. So I feel like they kind of play off each other there, and it's always really good when they're both on the show. Um, it seems like. Steve tries to do that a couple, you know, when Phil's on, maybe they call Amar or they talk about Amar and vice versa. Right. I think that they're really good and really plays in. It's obviously very entertaining. When I, when I heard or saw that Phil was going to be on, I, I was that excited. Yeah, absolutely. And Josh, um, again, Phil, Phil's ne- negativity and Steve kind of pushing those buttons to draw some of that out. Like, just he kept saying, I can't believe that you went 2 2 for third overall. Like, he, you know, he's, he's <laughs> rubbing it in, right? I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, they rub it in, but I mean, it's the personality of the show, and yeah. honestly, we wouldn't get those personalities without the show. I, I don't feel it's that bad. I mean, they both feel that they're joking around, and you know, honestly, you don't have that type of relationship unless you can, you're able to joke around like that. So, right, um, and again, okay, so there's a lot of Phil stuff, a lot of stuff I want to cover. Um, he made a comment that did not seem very Phil-esque. He says. Um, I'm 30, but I still feel like I'm 18. I love riding moto and grinding. Would either one of you have expected that to come out of his mouth? We'll start with you, Josh. Honestly, no, because honestly, you know, he's always so frustrated. And I mean, he hates uh, death cross is what he says all the time. But you know, I felt that was really supportive. just focus on motocross. So, I mean, he's probably excited that he doesn't have to worry about supercross. Uh, the Canadian series, I mean, well, the back half of the Canadian series, but this is probably the first opportunity he has a chance to win a lot of money in a Canadian motocross championship. Yeah, and how about you, Kurt? Yeah, I was surprised. It was definitely not a very Phil comment, but <laughs> I think, um, you know, that plays into, like, not having to worry about Supercross and being up in Canada, I think it's a lot more laid back. He doesn't have, I suppose, even though, like, he is kind of expected to win and he's going to be contending for his title, it's it's more laid back, and I feel like he just doesn't worry as much, maybe so. I don't want to say he doesn't care as much, so it's definitely not true, but I feel like there's some weight off his shoulders, maybe. Yeah, hey, Kurt, just your your phone's going in and out just a little bit. I don't know if you can move around just a little. Yeah. Um. So, all right, so I'm going to give you guys a bunch of stuff here, and then we'll talk about it that Phil and Michael and Steve were talking about. Lindsay asked him what the transition was like to Canada. Um Phil says he was basically, he was sick of being a fill-in guy. Like he, that's pretty honest. He was just tired. He was over it. He was, he felt like he was kind of getting taken advantage of. Um, Steve said the same thing. I he, he literally said, I think the JGR guys were taking advantage. Um, and then Phil mentioned, you know, Hey, if I'd known what I know now, three years ago, he would have done this already. Um, that that's pretty enlightening really. Like, cause it's a couple years ago, Phil seemed pretty content with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think Michael asking that question um, got a, a you know a typical honest answer that we get out of Pulp MX, something that you probably aren't going to get a lot of the other times. Uh, Kurt, any thoughts on on Phil's comments? Uh, 
you know, it's tough. Like you said, the fill-in thing, like, I'm sure that, like, kind of going back to what I said prior, like, it's just pressure for Phil, and, um, yeah, like, the comment, it, it, it definitely caught me off guard, too. Um, it, I think it's just a relaxing thing. I, I want to say relaxing, but maybe the pressure's off. Not, I think he might have a stable ride there where he's never really had a stable ride over here. Yep. Uh, and that's, that's why we got that comment from Phil. Yeah. Hey, and Josh, after that, um, Phil made the comment because he was asked if he would ever, you know, maybe in a couple of years or come back to the Nationals. And his quote was, I'd like to, to come back. I'd like to hammer some of those fuckers. Now, that's a Phil statement. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, just a piggyback on what he was saying, I think, honestly, you know, he talks about the amateur problem and money. I think Phil's issues are kind of similar to what the amateurs bring in because, I mean, there's no really no money for him because they're all paying amateurs. And plus, since he's really motocross only, the teams want too. So that's why, I mean, he's kind of struggled yeah. a little bit. And it's probably just built up frustration from there. Uh, that's just my take in terms of that. But, yeah, he probably could. If it's a rainy Unadella, he has a chance. <laughs> Yeah, and Steve Asphill and Alex, because Alex eventually gets on the line, um, he call, or he calls in, so they're both on the line, and he asks them both about running Pirellis. We know Pirelli is, they're making a push, they've been making a push the last couple of years to get back into Supercross, um, not as highly used, obviously, as Dunlop, you know, and Steve asks them about running those things, and I mean, really, what do you expect? They're not going to say um, they're shitty, um, so questions like that are kind of, kind of, almost pointless to a degree because you don't really, you're not going to get honesty. Um, what do you think, Kurt? You think, I mean, you got to have content. He's asking questions, but when you ask a question like that, you have to know you're going to get a uh, politically correct answer. Yeah, but I think you have to ask, ask it. Um, obviously, it's kind of bigger news, probably joining JGR, and I think you have to ask it in hopes that you get someone that does just kind of lay it on out there. I mean, I feel like he's asked those questions in the past, and it doesn't happen often. But uh, every once in a while, you will get a real, true, and honest answer. Um, so I think you got to kind of fish, fish it out there, and hope for it. And if not, if not, it's not a big deal, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, hang on, Let's go back to my notes here. All right, Josh. Um, Phil, Phil, they keep they were talking about Phil not being able to get a boot deal. It's humorous. It's funny. Uh, Phil says that ship has sailed. But seriously, man, I mean, what the hell? Why can't a guy like Phil not get a boot deal? What do you think? Uh, it's just expenses. I mean, if you look, read it, all the other businesses are trying to, except for Alpine Stars, it sounds like everybody else is just tightening up a little bit because you just don't know where the economy is going to go. You, you think him being one of the best writers up in Canada, he would be able to, but, you know, yeah. you just don't know what the budgets are set. So Yeah, when they, first, when they first kind of started joking about that, I really thought it was a joke. Like, like I just, it hadn't happened yet or they were working on something. But uh, by the time they finished talking about it, I was like, oh, shit, this is like, he really can't get a boot deal. That's almost, that's ridiculous, really, for a guy like Phil. Um, if I recall correctly, this is not the first time he's had a hard time getting a deal because I believe he would give JT crap on a previous <laughs> show. Because he had a Supercross only deal when he went down to the 250 class. So. Yeah, I think you're right. That sounds right. Um, all right, so we're going to wrap that up with Phil. Uh, Galdi comes on. Uh, you know, I like Galdi. He's, he's super, super Canadian uh, ex- and excited all the time. Super nice. He loves that. He loves Canadian motocross. Uh, they kept they kept talking about the MCR speech and being 13 drinks in. And, um, I would have loved to be a fly in the wall. How the hell in this day and age did somebody not record that Kurt? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I would. Uh, I was kind of getting some, uh, you know, FOMO there. I was missing out on it all um, <laughs> going down. I would have uh, even like during Supercross, you know, talking to Malcolm and Vince and Tony Lesky, like all those speeches sound sound really interesting and cool. And like you said, how the hell does no one get that on record? Especially when Golly was out there, uh, pretty pretty drunk. Yeah. Um, how about you, Josh? I just think that's more of, you know, your audience. Even though he's a little three sheets to the wind, he's probably, you know, everybody knows not to do that because that could destroy personal lives and you want to respect your people. That's yeah, I, I have to think it was very funny, but I, for some reason I don't see Tony Alessi finding it funny. Like, Tony's a pretty serious yeah. guy. So that would have probably been pretty uncomfortable, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like those meetings, they obviously do those team meetings for a reason. Yep. Um, they feel like they're very important, so <laughs> they might not have been too pumped on it. But. Right. Uh, and then Galdi talking about Phil because they mentioned that Phil was on the line, and he says that that Phil was the fastest guy. Um, Galdi. See, you know, Galdi was pretty high on Phil and his riding and how he came, you know, kind of made some mistakes, came from the back a little bit. Um, what do you guys think? You think Phil could win this championship, uh, Josh? Yes, I do. I actually think he will because, okay. you know, he was, a top, he was a top seven guy last year and he's better at motocross. And I, I just feel that it's, it's his time. I feel that the dark cloud is finally going to escape Phil. Oh, I like that. The dark cloud is going to go away finally. That, that could be a hot take right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get to the bto hot takes at the end of the show um okay so galdi galdi's always entertaining shortly after that uh our jason thomas fly racing he he calls in and uh or they get him on the line best story of the night for me is it's been told before but jt being fined based off the pick of weimer cutting the track how unprofessional <laughs> can a sport be kurt man come on yeah, that's uh, it's funny because that they were kind of ragging on Galdi for the Jetwork stuff being a little unprofessional, like the live timing and stuff like that. And then you kind of segue right into that story with JT. Um, I just think it's funny that happened to JT because he seems like a real serious dude, um, and I feel like he really kind of took a like maybe took offense to it. And I don't know I think it's kind of funny how it happens with JT, but yeah, that Marty Race, you kind of you know I'm on obviously JT's side here. If you don't have a Picture proof. It's kind of funny to try and send a picture of somebody else. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what you did. So exactly. I thought, I thought it was funny. Heard the story before, obviously uh, being a pulp show listener, but uh, it's always a good story to tell. Yeah, Josh, have you heard that story before? Uh, yeah, I have. I, well, the funny thing is about the, I know you're probably going to talk about the Pike interview next, but uh, the funny thing is is that uh, Pike likes to get shots in the gun Gallagher every chance he gets. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Still gotta do, we still got to deal with him and unprofessional behavior, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's still shocking even in 2012 that, that that would happen. You would think you would have more evidence than a picture of Jake Weimer. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah, since we're talking about JT, um, I don't know if either of you guys listened to the review pod from Lakewood, but I think that, that I'm almost positive that's where they were talking about the fly summer camp and Steve brought up, or maybe it was this show. I don't, uh, I think it was the, the, the review show though, where Steve talks about that fly shouldn't pay for all the media guys to come to this event. Um, and I actually had one of, uh, one of the listeners, Russell Eldridge, um, send me a message today about this. He, he was kind of ranting, ranting about this topic. Um, I see it as pretty good marketing. I mean, Fly, you know, they're they're bringing the media in uh, to 
to promote their product. So I understand why they do it. I disagree with Steve. Um, I don't think Steve should have to pay his own way. I'm really bummed that I didn't get the invite. Kurt, um, what do you think, man? You think media should have to to support themselves to get to these media events or these uh, open whatever you want to call it, the fly summer camp? No, I don't. I don't think so at all. I mean, I think that could really actually backfire on fly. Um, I could be completely wrong on this. Uh, but I'm just laying out there. I mean, I be- Fly is more so, I believe, like I said, I could be very wrong, but more of like a marketing arm for WPS. So obviously they want to get that name out there as much as possible. Yeah. And if, if you, so obviously paying for media to come to your event almost guarantees you that you're going to get a ton of coverage. Whereas if you don't, you just kind of hope that people pay their own way, you could end up with two or three media guys there and not as much coverage as another brand. Um, with this ultra competitive, you know, sport as far as companies go, like um, I'm on JT side. Like you, I, I feel like you do gotta, you know, give people incentives to go to your event. Right, and Josh, I mean, it's probably good business, right? It is good business, but I just feel that uh, I, I think motocross media is a little weird because I think, yeah, you know, Steve always talks about having to pay for going to all of the events and everything. You think maybe a media company would pay for that, but it seems like he pays for himself. And if you have, like, ESPN or something, they always pay for all their media. It's kind of a weird combination that's going on there. Yeah, I wonder sometimes with Steve's, um, his opinions or his rants a little bit, if if some of it is just for entertainment value. I mean, I know he believes a lot of what he's saying, but I kind of think he exaggerates it a little bit. That would be the best word. Um, but, yeah. I hope fly. I mean, Fly does Supercross now, so yep. I mean they're they're paying a lot of money. I mean if they want the exposure, they can have the exposure because they're actually paying all that money. They, they still sponsor motocross, and they're the title sponsor or not title sponsor, but they're one of the head sponsors of uh, Supercross. So right. Um, okay, so JT thinks Cooper Webb's going to start getting better. Um, Steve says Zacho is going to get better, and Steve doesn't think Webb will get better. So, all right. So, Cooper Webb's a big topic right now on the show and on all the shows, but especially on the Pulp Show. Just won a two fifty or a, the four hundred and fifty Supercross Championship. Not doing super in outdoors. I mean, he's not terrible. Um, who do you agree with, Kurt, JT, or Steve? Does Does Cooper start getting better? I think he gets, I think he does start getting better. Maybe more consistent. I think you, the last two rounds we've seen are like a pretty. Pretty good moto, third place. I know this past weekend in Lakewood was in the eight. Um, I do think he gets better once East Coast tracks, I think, suit him a little bit better. And then, two, obviously, um, just more time on the outdoors because he was battling with um, or, you know, trying to get that Supercross title. So, yeah, I, I do agree, and I think uh, he will start getting better. And, Josh, why do you think why do you think Steve says that Webb's probably not going to get better? What do you, What's his reasoning? Any thoughts? I, I think... Uh, I, well, first of all, I think he, he loves Zacho, and I think when you watch Zacho, I think he's uh, he tries hard whenever you watch him. But I think Webb, I think Webb maybe just be checked out. I mean, I I think people kind of brushed off the comments that he made about the press conference about uh, F um, F the outdoors. Yeah, he said I, I he said I don't give a just, shit about the outdoors. Yeah, that was Cooksey. <laughs> that was Cooksey that asked that question. <laughs> but I think honestly, he might just be you know I got my Supercross championship. And I'm already forty some points down. 
I will just get ready to go for the next Supercross again. That's where I maybe out. Man, I, I hope one. that's not the case. I really do. I want to see him. I want to see when he gets east. Um, I want to see him start getting better. Uh, you know, and of course, Zach, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Zach's going to get better. Zach, if Zach could get some starts, he's going to be up there with um, with Roxton and Eli. But we're not supposed to be talking about my opinions right now. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about the show's opinions of Pulpa Mex Show, which is of course brought to you by all the great sponsors: BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Michelin Star Cross Fives, Maximum Oils, X Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering. Again, all these great sponsors make all the Pulp shows happen. They're, they're what supports it. Go to pulpamexshow.com. Click the on the sponsor links and you'll get discount codes and save tons of money. I've used a bunch of them over the years and save lots of money. And that's all because of the great work Steve does. And I'm glad that they're helping out with the wrap up show. Um, so speaking of race tech, first race tech, race tech rant of the night, this was Steve's race tech rant. Stop talking about Roxon's crash. It's been what, two years it's over. Um, Man, I mean, why do you guys think they do this? Is it because they're so, it's such a small sport and there's just so few stories to talk about? Um, what do you th- what do you think, Kurt? Uh, I definitely agree with Steve. Uh, quit talking about it. It's been two and a half years. Uh, you don't see any other sport talk about this stuff. You know, on the regular, it might get brought up every once in a while, but it seems like every time they have a rock shot on TV, uh, especially in Supercross, they just show that replay over and over again. Uh, I do. Maybe it is just a small sport. It's unreal though because uh, you know, dude, dark side. Like we're motocross riders, we see injuries all the time, and mm-hmm. it's not. It's obviously it's not an injury, but it's not super gnarly. He's out there riding. He's like Steve said. He's, he's won nationals already. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's it's overplayed, kind of like uh, Steve barking at Mark. So I think it's just. It's run its course for sure. Right. And Josh, uh, you know, one of the notes I wrote down when they were talking about this is all these, a lot of these guys are like robots. You know, we, we complain about the podium speeches. There's not a ton of personality with everybody. So I wonder if the, whoever, whether it be MX Sport or I guess whoever's doing the TV coverage of a particular Supercross or National, if they really are just struggling to find stories. Um, I mean, look, there's guys like the Spy Moto, uh, the Spy Moto, the what is it, Red Bull Spy Moto, uh, Moto Spy Moto Show, Spy, yeah. yeah. That they those guys dig deep and they find stories. But do you think that they're struggling to find content, and that's why they keep going back to this? What do you, What do you think, Josh? Uh, for motocross, I think they do struggle because they realistically they only get ten minutes to do like a fun video, yeah, or informational. I mean, Supercross. Through our program, they can build those in, especially when they took the semis out. It was much easier to get that type of content in. Um, but in terms of motocross, they only have 10 minutes. And the thing is to me is that, honestly, I am with Steve, and they should really only, unless he wins an outdoor or a supercross championship, we really shouldn't have to see it again. Fair enough. I like it. Um, X brand tear offs. So this was a good one. There's a couple good ones in here that I, I liked. Um, who rides three times first? And there's actually a poll on on at Pulpomex on Twitter. Um, Marks or JT? So he put them both back to zero. Who's the first guy that rides three times? Um, I, I'm going with Marks. Who do you, who do you think, uh, Josh? I'm, I'm going to go with Marks because I think JT said he's going to go to Europe and do some TV over there. So he's <laughs> probably not going to have the time. 
Yeah, I think JT is a little more, little bit busier than. Well, I shouldn't say that Travis is pretty busy, but JT's traveling a lot. Um, Kurt, what's what your what's your vote? Well, he actually, he actually gave JT one. Oh, he did. That's right. He did. He took yeah, Marx. He oh, took Marx's away and gave JT one. That's right. It's going to be Marx, bro, because um, Marx just got his bike all dialed in. Steve's been riding, chasing the sun, and he's going to drag Marx along with him. Him and Coach is going to go out to the Western. Yeah, it's Mar- Marks. Marks by a mile for sure. Marks posted the picture with his W wheels today, or maybe it was yesterday, but I saw it today. And yeah, he he's going to be ready to go. All right. So another yeah, another ex-brand tariff question: Should the AMA have a mandatory Gaga rule like the GPS are trying to um, institute? Lin- Michael Lindsay says yes. I think Steve agreed. Um, I'm on board. It's a good safety thing. If everybody has to do it, then it's fair. What do you think, Kurt? Uh, I mean, I'm indifferent. Either way for me, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I can see why they would do it, um, but I could also see why they wouldn't. Um, you know, it's a gnarly sport. Obviously, we want our, all our riders to but if they didn't do it, it wouldn't shock me, you know? Yeah. And if they just came out and were like, yeah, we're not going to do that, then yeah, so be it. But if they're like, yeah, let's do it, it's, I'm fine with it because it's the same for everyone. Um, it would be interesting, though, I know no one really cares about our, our opinions, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how that came into play in some you know mud races if there's different strategies and whatnot. Yeah, you know, and and I think for safety it's a good idea, um, you know, because I think if you're a rider, and here we go, I'm giving my opinion, but if you're a rider, and like like Eli, you know, he, his his roll off system broke, and he's probably thinking, I don't want to take this time to go in, I don't want to chance it, but if you you know, at some point he's going to have to pull the goggles if he doesn't, and then he's in danger of, you know, getting hit in the eye. So if you're forced to, it just, to me, it makes it it's safer, and everybody has this, you know, you're just forced to. The rider doesn't have to decide, should I or shouldn't I? Well, I have to now. Josh, um, do you agree with Michael Lindsay and they should, or do you have a different opinion? Uh, I do agree for safety purposes. I dismissed, like, tough guy, you know, like, it's, you know, everything's always about, I understand safety and everything, but, like, yeah. I mean, since Cirillo at Hangtown, I mean, he was riding with no goggles, and he did just fine, so I, right. I'm t- kind of, like, I don't know. Well, I will say, since this is the X-Brand tear-offs, and I am myself sponsored by X-Brand and a rep, if you wear X-Brand, you won't even have to worry about it, because the goggles don't fail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was bizarre watching, uh, Eli in his goggles on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Dean Ferris was the next guest. Um, Dean, I, I, first of all, I loved li- having the Aussies on. I just The accent's awesome. I wish I could have that accent. Um, but talking to Dean, the big debate that was raging for a couple years comes up, Air Force versus Spring Fork. Steve thought the, the debate was dead. I thought it was dead. Uh, either one of you guys surprised, Kurt, uh, that anybody's still using air? I'm very surprised. Um, I, I, I'm like you. I thought the debate was very dead uh, when you saw pretty much all the manufacturers except for KTM, which I'm stuck with now. And I hate my airports. But, um, yeah, I was I was very surprised. I, I could have sworn this debate was very dead. So very interesting to, to see that he did go back to air or, and they were testing all that. How about you, Josh? Uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm actually surprised because it, honestly, it did cost Roxanne overall in 2016. You thought it'd be done. But, yeah. But you know, 
every rider is different. You know, everybody talks about setup, so everybody's always trying to see to get an advantage. So, right. Um, something Dean said that you know that they, Michael brought up how difficult it's been for him. He's been going from bike to bike to bike, trying to find deals. He finally got this, you know, the factory Yamaha deal. He talked about pulling his championship bike out to just to ride um, when he didn't have a deal. That's that's um that'd be tough to do. I think if I was a champion, that was something that some information he gave on the Pulp MX show that I was I found very interesting, very entertaining, and I wondered how many guys would actually do that. Uh, Josh, I mean, were you surprised by that? And if you were in that position, would that be something you would do? Well, I, I felt it was very surprising because you think you wouldn't touch those bikes ever again. Uh, I probably would not. I probably would never touch that bike again. Yep. Just like uh, have it in my living room and not touch it. But, you know, every guy has to try something different. And I believe I read a couple of things last year that said that he wants to come here and he wants to compete. So yeah, he mentioned that. everything. He mentioned that. Kurt, would that be something? Uh, first of all, was that, I, I think that was a very entertaining part of the, the interview. What would you think of the, the fact that he told that story? And uh, would you be willing to do that? Um, well, just so you know, Dark Side, in 2011, I won the Intermediate 200 Hair Samples down in Florida. So okay. I, but, uh, um, I think it kind of tells you what kind of guy Dean is. Uh, I was surprised, yeah, that it happened, but I just think that just shows you his determination. He wants to you know, reach his goals, and if, it, if that means pulling out his championship bike and dusting it off, I think it just kind of tells you guys what the guy is. Yeah, uh, and, and Steve and, and Michael, and, and um, they were they were talking about – you know, when when Plessinger comes back, would there still be a spot for Dean? Um, man, you know, there's a lot of talk lately on the, on these shows on Pulp about certain teams like Husky maybe having a three rider team. Uh, you know, they, there was some discussions at one point about Honda trying to do it. Um, that I, to me, that'd be great. That's great for the sport because there's more spots for every rider. What do you guys think? You think that's a possibility, Josh? You think Yamaha decides to keep a third guy? Because I do not. I think for the remaining part of this season, yeah, for Dean Ferris, but in terms of long-term, no. And, you know, I think Michael Lindsay even brought up maybe like KTM having those budget cuts on their off-road because yep. they're getting more in the MotoGP, if I believe correctly. I mean, that's just, unfortunately, when you look at Supercross, only 20 riders make the main, or sorry, 22. And so when you start thinking about it, I mean, when the teams, they're going to have to hire a mechanic, they have to hire a couple other people. So that's why it was very surprising that uh, Vogel was able to keep, uh, see if he keeps his ride. So it sucks, but that, I mean that's why the 250s are so tough right now because there's so many riders with open deals. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So they they move on and uh, they're waiting on Weston to come on. They do. There was another listener race. The listener calls in with a race tech or had a voicemail, I believe it was. Uh, and he's complaining about the lappers. My God, you know, everybody complain. All the, the the leaders complaining about the lappers is what he was talking about. And he's like, he's over it. He's just, shut up, quit whining. Uh, and my take on it was, most of the time we're we're upset that these riders are robotic. You know, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to thank Monster Energy, Pro Circuit, you know, whatever, whatever your sponsors are, dude. I, you know, when these racers have emotions and they're complaining. That that's a little bit of personality. I mean, I I don't have a problem with it. Um, what do you think, Kurt? Is it is it annoying when the riders complain? Well, I think I think I think it was Michael Lindsay who said like um, bike setup and lappers are like the two go to excuses. Yep. Um, and I and I kind of agree with him. And 
they, lappers have been part of motocross since motocross first started. You know, so it, it is. It's part of the challenge. So I, I, I kind of agree with what Steve and, and Michael were saying. Where like, uh, I think Steve said it like it'll hurt you some race, but then one race it'll get you. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not big on them complaining on lappers. I mean, if it's late and obvious, yeah, I, I can see why they'd be pissed about it mm-hmm. and see why they would say something. But in the grand scheme of things, I think it. It's just part of the sport, and like how Steve said it, it'll gift you and it'll hurt you. You know, it could be both. Right, Josh, what do you think? You know, there's times when I'm watching these races, and one of the things I was always taught when I was learning to race, what, what, besides elbows up, was look ahead. Um, and you see these these leaders sometimes that are so fast, and they run right in the back of somebody, or you know, it's or they run into somebody that's down, that's clearly down. I'm like, do and they, to me, it almost goes the same with the lappers. Are you not looking ahead and choosing a different line? Uh, you know, when we look at lappers, it, it is a struggle because you, you, you watch a lot of the races. A lot of them will try to get out of the way the best that they can. Sometimes it doesn't work out because you know, in motocross, you have to stick to your line. It's hard to get out of a rut. That's true. So I mean, so I feel that. They should not at least complain as much as they do, but at least it's something else than bike setup because I believe Roxon is famous for always complaining about his bike. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> All right. So. Yeah. Somebody, uh, I think a, a listener called in, if I'm not mistaken. The topic got brought up, though, about the point system and overalls and. Um, they said, you know, they were questioned whether outdoors we should just get rid of the overalls because it really doesn't matter. Um, the moto, the points per moto is what's important. There's no extra points for an overall. And I, I kind of agree, like, get rid of the overalls. It's just like there was a discussion of whether I heard somebody talk about whether um, Kenny just let Eli go in the second moto because he knew he had the overall. But I'm thinking that's like, what, three points, two or three points that he's letting go that. I, I say get rid of the overalls. They don't matter. Um, Kurt, your thoughts? Um, well, yeah, like I agree. They like they don't matter. So, but it's it's kind of hard to say get rid of the overalls because I'm. I agree with like I'm kind of deep, but where like the stat, you know, like you know when he rants about then not having all lap leaders and triple crowns and stuff like that, like the overalls. That's something in our history and sport. Um, you're always going to look back on. So I I don't think you should get rid of them, but. For as far as like like I think Lindsay was talking about like the podium celebrations and stuff like that. I think um, each each round maybe do a little little more, but or each moto I should say but do mm-hmm. a little more. But um, I don't know. I kind of like the overalls and seeing how it stacks up and stuff like that. But maybe that's just me. Okay, and Josh, I mean, what what do you think? I mean, it's definitely been part of our sport forever. You know, we we always have an overall winner. But um, you're, what do you think? Is it should we keep it or get rid of it? Uh, keep it. I, okay. It's most important to see. Yeah, I mean, even if a person goes one, two, I mean, that's still important. And, you know, everybody gets a bonus check for, you know, if you win an overall. I mean, I understand there's some moto for. But I feel it's just a cool statistic because, honestly, when you look at the stats, there's only 12 races per year. So it's not, you're only going to get 12 overalls a year. I just feel it's important to have stats. Stats are important. All right. And that's one of the stats. You're not going to see, I mean, probably no one's ever going to catch Ricky Carmichael, but right. maybe somebody will catch James and Dungey on the record book. Right. Uh, okay, and then in the same vein, Steve says he does want to get rid of the 26 points in Supercross, that it's stupid. Um, anybody agree with him? Uh, Josh, agree? Is Steve right or wrong? Should we go back yeah, to Yeah, 
I do agree. The only thing that the 26 point deal was tighten up the points. And I believe when they re ran the points, Tomac would have won the 2017 championship, yep. I believe. But that was it. I, th- I, th- I think they wanted to make the points closer. And if Webb didn't have such a consistent year, everybody else is fairly close to the points. So yeah. that was their intention. But I, I think it should go back to 25. Okay, Kurt? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Do, do what you try different things to make it more interesting, make it closer. Um, but I do like the 25. Like, I don't like the whole idea of being like, oh, if you would have made it 26 this year, Tomac would have won. We should have done it that way. Like, what does that prove? You know, you didn't win. You know, and it's been 25 forever. So it kind of goes back well, to the whole motor thing for me. What I was going to say is I kind of wish that they would maybe do like a double point or something for the triple crown, the supercross change up because, you know, Chad said on the Pulp Show, excuse Chad Reed, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of racing and they're only getting 26 points. So I think they should change the point system for that individually. Yeah, I, I could. I, oh, see, OK, I disagree with individually, because if you miss like to me, if you miss one of those mains or uh, gangbangs, whatever you want to call them. You're screwed because you're lo- you know Chad missed one, and that's like that's zero. That's basically missing a whole main event. I think that's too big of a loss. Maybe come up with something else, um, but I don't know about. I don't think they should be scored as individual rate main events. I think that's too much. Well, I wasn't saying individual. I meant okay. like maybe do like double points. Like oh yeah, do yeah, like yeah, double points or like something like right. that. Not individual, like just. Just do a little extra. For okay. Count. Just make it make them count more in the long, like at the end of the, the three rounds. Make it count more if you win a triple crown. I think. Gotcha. That's Josh trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like that. All right, Weston Pike, man. Um, I texted Weston Pike about a week ago, ch- checking on him, and did not get a response. And it was kind of funny because once he's on. Steve is like, man, aren't you sick of all these people, you know, texting you and checking on you and asking mm-hmm. how you're doing? So I felt bad. Um, and I also felt bad when he talked about that his eye progression has slowed down. Um, I was really hoping for better information or for better, more positive uh, response. Um, what do you guys think about Wesson's injury and the possibility of him coming back and how Steve handled it? Josh, go ahead. Um, I think Steve handled it perfectly. Honestly, from an interview over the summer, last summer I listened to it, it sounded like he was a little more down this time during the interview. Yep. You know, it really, really sucks. You know, he was one of the ones. He's a, he made himself into a racer. I mean, he passed Dungey in the 2015 on a cycle trip. I think he was on cycle trip at the time. But he was making his way. And, you know, trying to make a little extra money in overseas, it, it just really sucks. Yeah, Kurt, same same feelings? Or um, I, I would have to assume it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I I think Steve even read it well because normally they bicker back and forth, talk you know talk shit the whole time. And yep. it's really good, and I I think they you know they did a little bit of that at the beginning, and I think he kind of read Weston's attitude and was like, okay, maybe he's not in the mood for this, or maybe you know like it's different this time. And I think even Steve realized that it was it was tough. Uh, usually Weston's really I'm not saying he wasn't a good interview, but I think I feel like things are kind of starting to set in. Uh, for Weston, and you could really tell that you know with his voice and his demeanor. Yeah, he made the comment he wanted to wait one full year before he really decides mm-hmm. that he's not going to race again or whatever, and that's not that far away. Um, I get the chance this weekend uh, at Cycle Ranch down near San Antonio. He's going to be the, at an, at the camp makeup to mud. I got invited to come down and cover it, so I'm going to be there. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll get a little more 
a, a, a more idea of how he's actually feeling. I did text him last night and ask if he's going to throw a leg over a bike this weekend, and he said maybe. So uh, if everything goes well, I might get to take a couple laps with Weston Pike. So mm-hmm. that'd be sick. It will be. I'm lo- I'm looking forward to. It. I do like Weston a lot. He's you know he comes across as um like this hard guy, and he is. He's tough, but man, he when you actually sit down and talk to him, he's super super friendly and. There's been times where he hasn't answered one of my texts, and like three days later, he's like, "Dude, I'm so sorry, I didn't see it." And mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, he's a good dude, and I really hope I hope things one way or the other work out for him. And I, I'm, he's going to make something of himself no matter what. He's too strong willed. Um, yeah, they did talk to him about helping. He started talking about helping Josh Hill or Justin Hill, um, and he said some pretty open things that I thought were interesting, and I wondered how jo- Justin would feel were he he mentioned i'm working with him on working on focus and maybe not relying on your family so much not listening to your family your mom and dad and your brother um again another comment that kind of surprised me that somebody said kurt what do you think of those comments uh it didn't surprise me i mean i i think maybe the way it came off people would misunderstand but i mean i think people ran right about this with tomac like you got to change things up. Yeah. Obviously, it hasn't really been working out for Hill. Um, and, uh, you know, he's getting older now. He's on 450. He's probably, what, 23 or 24 now. And time to break away, like Weston was saying. And I, it didn't really surprise me too much. I think Hill just needs to change. I think – I'm not saying he's in a rut or anything, but I feel like he – I feel like Hill kind of just does the same thing over and over. You know, maybe doesn't take it too seriously. Maybe goes out and plays right a lot um, during the week and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Just to change it up and put it in perspective for him, but I don't, it didn't really surprise me that much. Uh, and Josh, what did you think of those comments? I think he was just being honest. Um, I feel families really, really hard to break from, and oh, sometimes yeah. it just takes a moment in life to break away from your family. I think Adam Cincerello has made comments about that on the show on a few. Uh, he said he had to break away from the family and he moved out, and now he just works with Nick Way. You know, if his family is still a part of him, maybe that's uh, Josh can, or sorry, Justin, Just, sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe Justin can uh, do the same thing, but some people can never do that. So it's going to be up to him. We'll see if he can pick up a privateer ride in the next year, see if he can do it, because I doubt anyone's going to spend any money on him. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. Um, so after that, that part of the discussion, Steve kind of talks about, oh, maybe you should help A Ray, and we get our new, uh, our newer hashtag, train A Ray, hashtag train A Ray. Um, but Weston kind of hinted at that he didn't really think that A Ray, um, he didn't say he wouldn't make it, but he kind of hinted at maybe A Ray doesn't have that drive that he's, that Weston himself has. Do you agree with that, Kurt? Do you, I mean, I know you probably don't know A Ray personally, but what, what, do you, what are your vibes? What are your thoughts on? What Weston said. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to disagree with Weston because I think was it two years ago you saw Ari when he started training with Davey. Like, yep, Ari's come a long way over the past few years uh, from from when he was in that private house. So uh, you know, Ari is super passionate, really um, wants to make it in this sport, and I feel like you've seen that over the past few years. But I think even with a little more help, I think he will continue to get better. Yeah, he might be sketchy at some point, but. He's trying his ass off out there, and I kind of disagree. I'm, I'm a huge A-Ray fan, so maybe that's why uh, I feel that way, but I, I did a little disagree a little bit there with Weston. No, yeah, and I agree with you. I disagree with Weston. Uh, I do know A-Ray. I've t- had enough talks with him, you know, where we're off the record, 
and and I one hundred percent believe his passion and what he he wants you know he wants to be successful and I think if he you know could get some of those crashes under control we would see a lot more at a ray a lot more improvement and it's just you know those some of those situations he's put himself in Josh what do you think man I'm team A-Ray. I think maybe those two probably wouldn't mix because I agree with that. a little bit more. Uh, you know, even though he did block me on Twitter, but he did unblock <laughs> me after I asked him to unblock. You know, I, I feel that A-Ray does try hard. I remember, you know, him being on 314. Steve was, did a couple of rounds of the mechanic. You know, he's vastly improved. I mean, otherwise, I mean, even though Steve's show has helped him out, he would not have gotten that help Suzuki, help the Hef, sorry, Hef Suzuki ride. Unless he did well in Cycle Trader. And, you know, he, he had a career year. He made 13 out of 17 names. Uh, motocross is not his bit, but, you know, he does well in Supercross. And I feel that, may, you know, DB probably wouldn't work well either, but maybe somebody with similar personalities yeah, probably that knows what they're doing probably could help them. Well, we're still going to support the hashtag train A-Ray anyway because it's fun. <laughs> um, all right, so another story that, pike told was about uh chad reed yelling at him a few years ago and i love this is where i really love pike when he's like man i'm not taking any shit from i don't care who you are you know um that that i love that that comment that little story i would have loved to i would love to have known what chad's reaction to that was um kurt man pike is a bad dude he's he's not gonna take shit from anybody yeah I think with Pike, um, it's not your you know stereotypical like your usual amateur phenom that comes up has money all this stuff. I think Pike had to work his ass off from oh, yeah. day one, and I think that's where this attitude comes from. So when he's out there, like he even mentioned that he, he said he sucked. Obviously, he didn't suck better than ninety nine percent of people that swing a leg over dirt bike. But um, I think that's just a testament of how he feels and. Uh, you ain't gonna take no shit from anyone. <laughs> um, he doesn't give a shit who you are, and I think that just goes in with all the hard work he's had to put in um, to make it to where he is now. You know? Yeah, Josh. I, I mean, would you agree with that? And what do you and one answer that, and then tell me what do you think about Weston and Steve's relationship? The way that you know Weston is hell. He, he's re, he's at the beginning of the show in the intro where he you know he says who would listen to that? Who wants to hear more Pulpamex bullshit? That's Weston. Um, the the ball buster man. What do you think? You know he's worked very very hard, and you know when he rides, that's I mean he wants to show his emotions. And sometimes you know like with the Vince Freezy thing that happened, sometimes it does come back to bite him. But he sure. continues to work hard, and it's great to see. It'd be awesome to come back from this injury, but we don't know. In terms of him and Steve, I think oh, there's a lot of guys. I think it's kind of similar to Phil. Where yep. it's just that's just where they talk, and it makes the show more awesome because it makes it more real. Yeah, it it, that's who Weston is. It really is the here I go gargle gargle. It really is one of the beauty <laughs> the beauties of this show is the the person that it's not like if you go watch Sports Center and you're you're following football or in, NBA or whatever. You know, it's a professional, typically interview. It's you know, you get some details. You maybe get a little behind the scenes stuff. With Pulp, you get friendships. You get bench racing like you would when you're at the local track with your buddies and you talk shit about your buddy going down, and so you go roost him and and you just talk shit. That's what the Pulp MX show is, and um, that's why I think 
well, I mean, I know that's why Pulp has so many listeners and why he is uh, the the elite of the podcast. So, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic, and I love having guys like Weston on. Um, okay. Hey, can I just yeah, go ahead. on the Steve Weston relationship? I think Weston, they bicker back and forth, and it's like, it's obviously a friendship. I think it's because Weston respects Steve because Steve's built this Pulp empire out of nothing. You know, he's a greaseball mechanic, and Polkamatch is huge for like people I don't realize like it's huge what Steve's doing and uh, how he's able to you know afford to live his life and you know really make something out of nothing. So I think Weston kind of respects that because Weston's done that with his career. That's interesting because I, I think Weston does respect Steve, but I don't know that he would ever admit that. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no. All right, we're gonna be wrapping this thing up pretty quick. Got a few more things, um, just briefly. Michael Lindsay and his tech talk with uh, the Forks, man, there was a lot of that, a lot of questions. That stuff completely goes over my head. I have to admit, I kind of zone out, but only because I don't understand it, really. Um, Josh, do you like the tech talk like that, the in-depth technical aspect, whether it be suspension or whatever, gearing, anything they get into technically? Do you like that stuff with Pulp? Uh, I do. I, it goes over my head, too. And I'll do respect, but it's got a place for it. I mean, he's got uh, Kiefer on as well. And for people that understand it and want to know to make sure that they know what they're talking about, it's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's not every week either. No, 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 you're right. I, I Definitely, I'm not against it. I just kind of, I definitely caught myself zoning out in that part because he starts throwing out numbers and spring rates and i'm like just sounds like it sounds like uh greek you know greek math or i don't know and roman numerals i don't i didn't understand it um well how about you kurt you on board yeah i mean so nothing against michael and z at all um but he's he's not my like favorite coach when it comes on because he's super technical um and like you said he goes way over my head i felt kind of attacked when they were talking they were talking shit on people who don't set their <laughs> okay. Because I haven't set my sack on my my three fifty I've had since January. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of just goes over my head. But yeah, nothing just Mark Lewis even gave shout to my boy Jeff Walker out there. But uh, yeah, it kind of goes over my head. But uh, like Josh is saying, it's not every episode, and yeah. for people who do understand it, it's probably awesome. So, Kurt, do you know Jeff? Yeah, we actually went to the same college. Okay, uh, we're t- we're gonna talk off the air then. I got I got something for you. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, as far as checking your sag, yeah, I went about eh, five years with my old bike without checking my sag. Um, and I learned, you know, Brett, my buddy Brett Hooper, who's a mechanic for Josh Cartwright, kind of got onto me and I, I've started doing it more often. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not super technical with that stuff. I could change the air filter, um, change my oil. That's, that's kind of where I, I kind of like mm-hmm. to stop right around there. Yep. Same here. All right, um, so this was a good question. This was a little bit of a debate. Um, this was a tweet at Travis. Who's more li- or what's more likely, someone winning the 450 championship besides Eli or Kenny or someone winning the 250 championship besides AC and Justin Cooper? Steve and Lindsay both said more likely that somebody would win the 250 championship. They think Eli or Kenny are the shoe-ins. Uh, does anybody disagree, Josh? I, I don't disagree. I mean, the only person that has a chance is Fernandez, but his starts are so brutal. So I, I think those are going to be. I think Eli and, and AC will win. Okay. Kurt, you agree or disagree? Yeah, I. Yeah, because 
I agree that the 250s is, is more of a, maybe a toss-up. Even then, though, it's tough. But uh, I think it, it's like we talked about earlier, it's going to come into play. Obviously, Roxton with the heat and stuff. But, yeah, I kind of agree with, with those guys on the show that uh, the Ferranis might still can still come into play. And, like, I think someone mentioned it, too. I don't know if it was Steve or, or Lindsay, but it all cha- it changes a lot once it goes east. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see after that. Well, I'm going to throw my BTO hot take out early. I usually don't even do one, but I'm saying I'm going 450s, man. I'm saying Zach comes on strong, and I'm probably, um, you know, just I don't I don't know what the term is. Like I'm, I'm because I like Zach so much. I'm I maybe being overzealous, but yeah, I'm saying Zach comes on. Zach gets some wins and possibly a championship. I'm just throwing it out there. It's probably crazy, but uh, okay. Last thing, last tweet, last thing we're going to talk about before BTO hot takes is. Um, they, I think Michael Lindsay is talking to um, Travis. He asked about like maybe making some adjustments with fantasy, and Steve says, "Oh hell no! Basically, we're not touching this thing." I do. First of all, do either of you got? Do you both play fantasy? I know you do, Kurt. Do you play fantasy, Josh? Yes, I do. Okay, I want a um, an alternate that I can pick. Maybe just one race a year or something. When you have like this last weekend. Dude, I had Savachi, I had Davalos, I had Masterpool. I had like three guys get me zero points in at least one moto. Rough. I want an want an alternate in a race like that where I can go, oh, I'm pulling this guy off the bench. Um that's that's what I want. Um what do you guys leave leave fantasy alone at this point, Kurt? Uh yeah, I'd leave it alone. I think the scoring's great. The only thing I would, which is it's kind of happened since they've done it, but I have a drop round. Yeah. Um that's usually because of technical part, issues. Yeah. But I'd be fine with you drop your lowest score. I mean, that's helped me out a lot in college to drop my lowest exam score. But, uh, yeah, I'm cool. I, I'm cool with the way it is now, but I wouldn't mind seeing maybe you get a drop round because I totally suck this weekend and can use a drop. <laughs> yeah, I had a 303. What did you have? Like 340, maybe? Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, dude, like zero, zero. I was just, I wasn't even home. I uh, I went and did some other things. So I watched the races late, but I was trying not to pay attention to all my group texts, and I kept seeing these scores yeah. pop up. I was like, man, I'm going to at least look at my score. And I saw 303, yeah. and I was like, holy shit. Everybody else has got like was, 450, uh, 500. Sorry, I, I was racing a 24-hour in Alabama. So oh, yeah. I had, no, I had picked my team on Wednesday, and it, it didn't play off. Right. How about you, Josh? What do you think? You want to leave fantasy alone, or would you, if you could change something, what would it be? I think due to Mark's mind, I think we should just leave it alone. <laughs> I mean, he already did. I, I joined uh, Daniel Boyer's thing that yep. he did with, uh, with the, I, I did join that. But honestly, I feel that with all the technical issues, they're usually during round one, just leave it alone. Yeah. I did all, I mean, I do all right. I did 387 on this past week. But, you know, I feel that, I just wish that maybe like Feld or MX Sports would maybe want to partner up because I feel that Pulp MX Fantasy is the best fantasy motocross and it's way better than the one that is done on supercross yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you that's a good idea and, and that may happen i mean they're making waves they're they're giving bikes away um man that's that, that stuff's probably coming or and not much too much longer all right let's get into our bto hot takes uh let's go with you first josh what's your bto hot take i think i'm just gonna take the one out wins the Canadian title, and then he wins the Triple Crown, wins 100 grand, comes back one more year, then he's done. Hey, your phone cut out right when you said who. Who was that? Oh, I said Phil's going to win the Canadian title. Okay. Uh, he's going to win 100 grand for the Triple Crown, and then he's going to be done. 
Oh, wow. Done. Okay. Good one. Uh, Kurt, what's yours? Well, I was feeling pretty bad with my hot take, but after your Zacco championship hot take, I'm not feeling bad anymore. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go Tomac, nor Roxon, win a moto. So neither of them win a moto at high point. Oh. In, uh, two weeks. Okay. So who do you think does then? Marvin was unreal there last year. He was so good. I think Marvin comes on, and I think if Zach Osborne can get a start, he can win a moto. Yeah, right on. I like it. Okay, guys, I'm going to wrap this up with uh, some of these sponsor reads again real quick. Uh, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Get Get. You know, I saw that, but whatever. Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, and LAHondaWorld.com. Guys, again, PulpMXShow.com has all the sponsor discount codes and deals and if there's not one on there you can generally hit the contact form and ask steve and he may be able to hook you up um guys i appreciate you coming on kurt lucas which is um at what to see your your uh twitter is at w throttle media correct yeah yeah okay and josh your yours is at bac cardinals yep yep so you guys follow these guys thank you for coming on i'm dark side from the moto x pod show um, man, I, I, this was a fun show. Uh, once again, I always say this. I hope Steve allows me to keep doing these. Uh, I, I enjoy them. I hope they're getting better. Uh, if you guys have any BTO hot takes or any comments or you want to come on the show, darkside at pulpamexshow.com is the email. And I'll make a list and getting guys on. That's it. Appreciate you coming on. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Darkside. All right. We'll see you guys. Okay, hey, we got a little bonus addition to the end of the show off the air. I was talking to to Josh and Kurt, and uh, I really didn't touch on the AC Justin Cooper situation, and um, Josh called me out on it, and he's right. I kind of skipped over it in my notes. Um, So there was a lot of discussion on that. Um, Pretty much everybody seems to be on board with AC did the right thing. Justin probably shouldn't have been, quote-unquote, whining so much. Josh, what are your opinions on it? What, What did you want to talk about? I just feel that I, I understand we want personalities in the sport, but I just don't like his personality at all, especially when it comes to he, he doesn't communicate well. He, he, I understand it's a tough spot, but even when he had to chase Sexton in the Supercross, he honestly didn't even explain himself correctly. So I feel that maybe that sometimes maybe just take a deep breath before we're getting to him because he, sometimes, he just doesn't look good on his interviews. Yeah, he's he's a uh, you know this really this isn't necessarily t- discussing so much the pulp show like we're supposed to be, but it's content. So sorry, Steve. Um, he he's just, I think he's just a I don't know if I want to use the word awkward. He's somewhat quiet. Um, I don't think he's very comfortable doing interviews. Uh, we had him on the Moto X Pod show last night. Um, you know, and he really didn't want to touch on that topic too much. But yeah. He does kind of come off negatively sometimes. Um, and Steve, I think, mentioned that a little bit. And Michael, they, they you know, don't necessarily like some of his comments that he's had. Uh, Kurt, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I, I don't think he's trying to be negative. I no. think maybe he's just not the, the best interview. I remember, I think when Steve had him on the first time, it it was maybe after his outdoors last year when he, or two years ago when he made his start. But yeah. uh, he was not good at all. So I think he's getting better. I mean, I remember Dean Wilson was pretty terrible um, for interviews as well when he first started. So, he, but he does he does come off negative. I can see why people don't like him. 
Um, as far and as far as like the situation that happened at Thunder Valley, like I agree with JT wholeheartedly. Like after you at first, yeah, I could be really pissed off. Um, but after you watch the video, like I don't understand how more mad. Yeah, you want to get your first win, but still, it's uh, I don't know. It, it seems like you. I don't want to say he was whining because that's not the right term, but it just seemed like it's one of those things where it, it's not happening, man. Yeah, um, well, he I don't cl- understand why you didn't. He he clearly believed that AC had done something wrong. Even after watch, I, I assume I have to assume he watched the video in the four hours or whatever it was it took them to, to yeah. give an answer. And you know, Weed said in the review show like he was dumbfounded basically that Justin still believed he that AC had done something wrong. And and you know, he said on our show last night that he didn't want to win that way, but he kind of acted like he did. Like he did. <laughs> but man, you know, I don't. Again, well, I'm not an, getting I, at him for not winning, right? It's, it's just got to be getting at him because he's the best outside of AC. He is the best starter in the class, yeah. and he has yet to win. So we're just eating at him. That's that's the thing. Yeah. So do you do you guys agree though with, with Steve and Michael? There's really nothing else AC could have done. He didn't do anything wrong. I mean, what what else is there? Yeah, I mean, other than like stalling your bike and laying it down on the ground. I don't know what else you'd want AC to do. Like like I said earlier, I was uh, driving. I was in Alabama, so I, I kind of, I didn't watch the race or nothing, but I kind of caught, you know, here and there what was going on, and I didn't know if they overruled it or not, and if they would have, I would have been so mad. Yeah. Because AC, you can tell, he's pretty much stopped on the track. Yeah. So Like, really, yeah. the only thing I felt like he could have done that might have made Yamaha happy is if he had turned around and exited or entered where he exited, but that's not what the rule says. So at that yeah. point, you really have no argument. But yeah, interesting. And you I know, think, go ahead. Yeah. No, I said, you know, I was at uh, Spring Creek a couple of years ago when Jeremy Martin didn't go up Martin Hill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he cut, he honestly cut the track. He waited, he waited patiently, and it, uh, nobody did anything to him. They just let it go. Yeah, I remember. So that. I just want consistency. I just want consistency. That's all we want. Yeah, and that's it. Seems to be very difficult, and not only our sport. We see it in football, and uh, and that's about the only other sport I watch. I see it all the time. So it's unfortunate. We're, it gives us something to talk about. I think over the next couple of years, Justin, as he matures and gets more experience, he probably will get better at interviews uh, and, and thinking before he speaks. Maybe and maybe he won't. Maybe that he's just going to speak his opinion. But hey. Again, we want personalities. That's part of his personality is expressing himself, even if it comes off negatively. So it's better than uh, just holding up his his monster or whatever and taking a drink and thinking. Yep. So, I, you know, is what it is. I, I If I was in his shoes, I'm sure I'd be very frustrated, too. Um, all right, guys, that it? Thank you. Okay, well, let's wrap yep, this thing up. <laughs> Once again, thanks, um, and we'll be back. We No show next week, so if you hate the Pulp MX wrap-up show, yeah, you won't have one to listen to next week. If you love it, two weeks, we'll be back. See ya. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp show?
to you.